What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's WGC Dell Technologies match play. One of my favorite weeks of the year. As you can probably tell uh, from some of the content that I've put out, it's, it's a real opportunity to nerd out and geek out over this stuff. I absolutely love it. Uh, a couple of programming notes. This this uh, this video is going to look a little bit different, obviously, because uh, you know we could talk head to heads, but we're going to focus on outrights, paths to victory. We're going to focus on uh, winners of each group, things like that, and then we'll talk one and done because this is still one point eight million dollars up top to the winner, so it is critical, even though it is incredibly volatile and all that good stuff, but we'll talk about it. Additionally, uh, you know, we, with, with all the March madness stuff going on, uh, sports books are going nuts with a lot of these free bet offers. Uh, I think some sites, even William Hill are offering in free bets in a bunch of their states. So uh, go to rickrungood.com slash bets. See if you have an account for either William Hill in your state or BetMGM or BetRivers yet uh, and see what the current best offer is. Some of them are really, really good at the moment. Um, Helps you, helps me, helps everybody. Also, the live chat for... This week, the 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 normal live chat that would be on Wednesday is on Tuesday. It's Tuesday, uh, t- uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. And then there is, of course, still the Jock Market Power Hour Wednesday evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. That's for Corrales Punta Cana. So if you want to get your Punta Cana fix, Joe Idoni and myself are going to be going over uh, that field, that slate, that Jock Market on Wednesday evening at 8.15 live. And you can engage in the chat as well. Otherwise, I think that's it. Let's just let's just pop up the bracket. Let's go to the straight to the bracket. Here it is in all its glory. Every group, every player, all the seedings, the paths to victory. This is uh, awesome stuff here. So, a couple of things: the favorites, or I guess co-favorites, are Bryson, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and JT. They are all fourteen to one. Uh, so. They're here. They're essentially essentially what what oddsmakers have done is said who's the best guy in each quadrant. These would be your favorites to get to the final four, right? You know, you couldn't stick. Um, you know, if Bryson was in Group 16, you you know he probably you know Dustin Johnson and Bryson probably both can't be 14 to one because their paths to the final four would be cracked. Then the next group of golfers at 20 to one: Rory McIlroy and Colin Morikawa. Can't lays by himself at 22 to one. And then you get Casey and Spieth rounding out the 26s. So um, let's talk about this in terms of outright and in terms of of history here. Uh, Historically, so we played this new format five times. The new format in which all of these golfers are going to play each other in their own group over the first three days. The winner is going to advance to the Sweet 16 and all that good stuff. Um, We've done this five times. Uh, studs have won it three times. So I would put Rory McIlroy, uh, Jason Day, and Dustin Johnson in that group. And then the last two years were kind of some longer shot guys, which are uh, Kevin Kisner's victory. He was a 48 seed out of 64 when he won it. And then Bubba Watson, I think he was 38 when he won, uh, 38 seed when he won this event. So we've had a bit of of a mixed bag. We have seen plenty of underdog runs to the finals uh, or to the final four. Think Lucas Beauregard. Think uh, Victor Dubesson. Think, um, I mean, we just get it every year. Guys, guys make a run to the, to the final four or the elite eight that, that probably shouldn't. And also if you missed out on the DFS preview, realize that 
the top seed in each one of these groups does not get out of the group all that often. In fact, last time, 2019, only five of the 16 top seeds got out of their own group. So there's going to be chaos. I think you should be able to embrace it this week. But let's start with outrights. Um, I think in a complete vacuum, if you looked at um, who you think could win this golf tournament, like I, I would say it's it's Bryson. So of these 14 to 1 guys, I think it's Bryson. It's really no knock against Dustin Johnson, whose path is arguably one of the best paths. He has objectively the easiest group. He has uh, the shortest odds to get out of his group. More on that in a second. Then the, the group 16, which he would face the winner of if he got there. That's not so bad. Group nine and group eight, they're, they're okay. He'd run into a potentially a, a Terrell Hatton or a Paul Casey or a Webb Simpson at some point. Um, but all in all, that's a pretty clear path. He doesn't have to face Justin Thomas. He doesn't have to face John Rahm or Patrick Reed or Patrick Cantlay or even Jordan Spieth with that magic or even Rory McIlroy until the finals, right? So that's, that's pretty important. So I, I like DJ's path here, but let's think about what goes into match play. And, and of course, unfortunately for me, there is a lot of non-quantifiable things that go into match play. Um, There's gamesmanship. There's the mental side of it. To me, Bryson is kind of the perfect combination for match play. I I think he eats this stuff up. I think he loves match play. I think he loves the strategy of it, the idea of it. Uh, Also, when you are longer than every single one of your opponents, think about what that's going to do on your second shot. It, It means that Every single one of his opponents is basically going to hit their second shot first into these greens, which could be good. If his, if his opponent is throwing darts, might be bad for Bryson, uh, but he's at least going to know. Bryson is going to have the information. Normally in a stroke play event, it doesn't matter what your playing a partner does. If he dunks his second shot in the water, if he misses the green, or if he sticks it to three feet. In match play, it matters critically. So when you know what your opponent has done, whether he's hit it to three feet or whether he's missed the green, that can change your strategy to be more optimal. If you if your opponent hit it to a foot, you probably need to throw a dart here. Maybe take on a little bit more risk, try to hit a, a shot in there nice and tight. If your guy misses the green, maybe you hit, try to hit one to 25 feet. You take, a, you take a more conservative line. But having that information is important. It is the same reason why in college football, if you win the coin toss in overtime, you go second. You play defense first because you want to know what you have to do. Do you have to score a touchdown? Do you have to get three points? Did did the did you hold the other team to zero? Um, that information is valuable, and it's the, it's what Bryson's going to get essentially everywhere. And and Dustin Johnson probably will too, right? He's long enough. Justin Thomas will, you know, some of these long guys. But being a bomber is really really critical uh, for that information. And then secondly, he's a really good putter, right? Like people people forget about this all the time. You know, he he's his short game. The rest of his game is phenomenal. There's a reason why he's what the fifth ranked player in the world. So. Then he puts a lot of pressure and just grinds on guys by making putts. So if, if you make your putt first and you get in and you are putting all this pressure for, for your opponent to make, I don't know, six, seven footers on every single hole for par to have, like that's a lot of pressure. It just builds up. So uh, to me, the, the combination of, of recent form, of, of skill set, Bryson is, of what I believe his mentality is, uh, Bryson's awesome. And and his path is is Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim, Antoine Rosner. Uh, you know, again, a lot of these top seeds don't make it out of their group, but objectively, that should be a pretty pretty easy group to get out of. Then he would face the group uh, in the Sweet 16 that is Finau, Kokrak, Zalatoris, and Fratelli, which uh, there's a lot of question marks in that group. I'm going to talk about one of those guys in a second, um, but but for me, 
you know, Finau has not been good in match play. Um, I think he's too nice, quite frankly. Uh, Jason Kokrak, I actually like out of that group. I'll talk about that later. Uh, but him, Zalatoris, and Fratelli are all first-timers, I believe, or at least since this, the format has changed. That's the data that I ran. So, so you're getting a lot of question marks out of Group 12. So whoever wins Group 12 probably runs into the buzzsaw that is Bryson, and then Bryson would face in the Elite Eight the winners of Group 13 and 4, which would be, in theory, it could be Hovland or Morikawa, those groups. So I, I don't know. This this path to the Final Four for Bryson, um, I, I think it's clean, really clean. Not as clean as some others. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I, I love that. The other things. Path to victory. John Rahm's path to victory. As much as I worry about, you know, maybe he can't get the putter going. I worry about maybe... Uh, his group being a bit too friendly, you know, with Ryan Palmer, who's his, who's his Zurich partner in that group. I worry about that a little bit. Um, you know, Sebastian Munoz can get hot at times. Shane Lowry has a great short game when he gets going. So that, that kind of can be tricky in match play, but uh, objectively John Rom of the top four has just the cleanest path to the final four here. He, he has his own group. He has the, the, the burger group, which is full of question marks. Burger just had a, a rib injury that he had an MRI on. He leads group 14. Harris English hasn't been good since he won. Brendan Todd is 0-3 in match play. And, you know, he scares me a little bit with the putter, but that's it. And then EVR, Eric Van Ruin. So like his, his path is, is, Rom's path is super, is super strong here. So as far as the big boys go, if I have to break a tie, I like Bryson. Um, next group, uh, the next tier, I, I kind of like Cantlay here. Um, Cantlay is coming out of group 10. He's in the upper right-hand quadrant. Cantlay would be super annoying to play against. Think about if you're, if you are now actually playing against these guys, um, you know, like Bryson would be terrible and intimidating to play against Dustin Johnson. Same thing. Guys that would not be as intimidating. Webb Simpson, uh, Tony Finau, just the most affable, just lovable guys. I love them, but like, I'm not scared of playing them in match play. Patrick Cantlay. He's really, really good at golf, and he's slow. That's like the worst combination in match play. I would be so annoyed if I had to face him. He gets a group of Hideki Matsuyama, Carlos Ortiz, Brian Harmon. Then he faces the group that would come out of group seven, which is Reed. That's a little bit terrifying. Joaquin Neiman, Christian Bezadenhout, and Bubba Watson. So uh, the path for him to get to the Elite Eight is fairly clean. I think he'd be super annoying, and I think there's value on his 22-1 to number. Now, if you want to go deeper than that, guys that can actually get hot and win this thing, like we saw Kevin Kisner do, like we saw kind of Bubba Watson do, like we've seen other guys make runs into the Final Four, but who can actually win this thing? Um, coming out of group, uh, I think it's 15 is kind of interesting. C Corey Connors. Okay, Corey Connors is an unbelievable ball striker. He's only going to go as far as the putter allows him, but he's 55 to 1. His group 15, that has a ton of question marks in it. Group 2, as long as Justin Thomas doesn't advance, I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, it's almost like those three, Usazen, Kisner, and Kucher are kind of teaming up on JT. We'll see if JT gets out of it. Uh, but like Connors would be a guy that I think could be sneaky to get in there. And then there was um, one other guy. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Sorry, it's Lonto. I, I don't know how I, I literally talk about Lonto constantly. So here's what we have with Lonto here. Um, he is, I think he's 125 to 1 to win this. Let me just make sure that is still the number. Yes, it is. So I'm going to talk about him in a second when I get to guys coming out of their own group. But I, I see this kind of a couple of different ways. Um, Rory's being in Rory's group stinks because I think that a change in format sparks Rory talk about that in a second but if Rory just continues to play bad like he has and Lonto can get out of this group um 
he has a similar path to as as Rom does. That bottom right hand quadrant is, I think, the easiest path to get to the final four. So Lanto's two skill sets, the two things that he's ranked inside the top twenty on the PGA Tour, in it's approach game and it's putting. If he gets hot, that's the caveat here. If he gets hot, that's devastating in match play. If your opponent is firing darts and making putts, that's absolutely devastating. I could see Lonto making a deep run into this thing at 125 to 1. Let's talk about Rory real quick. Excuse me. I'm kind of a Rory believer this week. I mentioned this on the DFS preview, so I'll be quick here. It's one of these situations where he has not hoisted a a trophy since 2019. He's played a lot of stroke play. When you're playing stroke play, you have to be perfect and you have to be you have to beat every single other golfer in the field 140 150 guys you got to have your a plus game and if you don't you don't win um, you don't need that in match play if you just have like your your b plus game seven times you might win this and that's what rory's had uh you know he only has to beat one other guy in each one of these rounds here i, I think this is kind of an interesting spot for him all right so where i think the big the bigger edges are are not only going to be in, in the round-by-round um, head-to-heads, but also in these groups. So you can bet on who to get out of groups. So I have it on this on this bracket here, what the group odds are. We'll just go through these real quick. Uh, each group. Group 1, Dustin Johnson's the heavy favorite. He's, he's plus 100. I, I, I don't think you can bet Group 1. Um, I, I don't. The long shots aren't long enough, and DJ's too short, and we've seen chaos happen before. I would probably not bet Group 1. Um, group 16... I think is is somewhat interesting, although Sungjae is just a hair too short. I think if you had to bet it, you'd bet Russell Henley at plus 225 and rely on the ball striking. The only thing that Sungjae hasn't done well is the ball striking. Uh, So if if you made me bet it, I would probably take Henley in this spot. Group 9, this is the Webb Simpson-Casey-Hughes-Gooch group. Um, I would probably, again, this is probably a no bet for me, but I would probably take Gooch at plus 350 or Paul Casey at plus 160. Uh, Webb is actually one of the only top seeds that is not the favorite to get out of his group, which is somewhat interesting. Lack of respect on his match play prowess over the years, which his record has not been very good. Uh, So I probably wouldn't touch that. So it's either Gooch or Casey, but I don't think I'll get a bet in on it. And then group eight, excuse me. Um, I'll I'll probably bet Hatton here. So he's plus 185. This is a really friendly group of guys with Westwood, Sergio and Wallace. Um, I just think Hatton is, is by far the best player. I do think that what is interesting is if you want to get exposure to Lee Westwood, you need to get it for him to get out of the group. I don't think I want it any further than that. He's played so much golf. He's told us how tired his legs are. I don't think we need to be a part of that this week. Also, um, if you have to, if you win this or if you get to the final day, you're playing seven rounds in five days for a guy who's already telling us he's tired. He's 47 years old. I would only get exposure to Lee Westwood coming out of this group and not in like a Final Four championship, anything like that type of setting. Um, I'd rather bet Bryson to win out of Group 5 than than for him to actually win the group. Group 12 is the interesting one here. So I've already bet Jason Kokrak. I I mentioned him earlier. He's coming in off of three top tens. He's plus 260 to come out of this group that I think has a lot more questions than it has answered. Kokrak's a fiery guy. I think he gets up first things like this. Uh, He is plus 260 to win Group 12. That is already a bet for me. Group 13, uh, a lot of the... A lot of the uh, sentiment is coming in on Victor Hovland and Abraham Answer as as warranted. It's rounded out by Wiesberger and Kevin Streelman. I think Answer is the only bettable one. Um, I love Hovland, but I, I think plus one thirty eight. I mean, you compare that; it, it's it's only a little bit worse than Bryson. It's similar to Justin Thomas's number. Like that number is just too short for me. So Group Thirteen is probably a no bet. But if I had to, it'd probably be Answer. Group Four is interesting. This is more a Kawa's group. 
I think you have to bet Morikawa here. I'm a little bit worried about Max Homa at plus 300, but uh, Morikawa is... Think about guys that you're playing against, and that's a big thing here, is he's going to fire darts all, all day long. Like if He's going to put so much pressure on you with his approach shots. Uh, that is really, really scary stuff. So that this is one of the spots I'm, I'm happy to just kind of eat the chalk, bet Morikawa here, take at plus 138 and have him advance out of the group and hope and pray to the golf gods that we get a Morikawa-Victor Hovland matchup in the next round. Group two is group of death. So this is Justin Thomas's group, Louis Ustase and Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar. Well-documented how good all of these guys have been in match play, or at least the other three, Louis, Kisner, Kuchar. Um, I, I don't think... So what I think is... I, I would if I was going to take exposure to Justin Thomas, it would be in DFS formats. It would be in formats that ownership is more important because I think most people are just going to avoid Group Two. Uh, if you're filling out a bracket, I don't think I would advance Justin Thomas for for game theory reasons, and I probably wouldn't bet him at plus one thirty. But in in ownership situations where you don't have to pick every single group, like in DFS this week, I think JT is actually kind of an appealing contrarian option because he's one of the favorites to win this golf tournament. And he also, um, I think a lot of people are just going to avoid group two because it's the group of death. <clears throat> group 15. This is Fitzpatrick, Wolf, Connor, Spieth. Um, I, I, I like that Fitzpatrick is not the favorite in this group. He's plus 200. I like that. Fitzpatrick is in the midst of the best stretch of his career statistically. He's an excellent putter. That goes far in match play. I like his demeanor. I, I, I like Fitzy at plus 200 out of this group. Um, Cantlay, I talked about Matsuyama, Ortiz, Harmon. Again, probably wouldn't bet this. This this plus 138 number that they like to lay on the group favorite, it's not great. Um, I like. I would rather bet Cantlay to win than win group 10. Patrick Reed leads group 7 with Joaquin Neiman, Christian Bezadenhu, Bubba Watson. Uh, Christian Bezadenhu's interesting. You know, he's, he's plus 300. He has gotten hot at times. He went back-to-back on the, uh, on the European Tour, Last year, he's playing okay. He gets hot with his putter at times. I do not mind advancing Bez, Christian Bezadenhout, out of Group 7, which is kind of scary because Reed's here. It's kind of scary because Bubba's here. It's kind of scary because Neiman's here, but uh, I don't mind that one single bit. Group 6 is tough as well. Uh, Shoffley, Scheffler, Day, Sullivan. So uh, the, the, the odds on this are not great enough for me to really take a stand on. I think Scheffler in Texas is kind of interesting. I think Day, who can rely on that short game, is also kind of interesting. I, I, I'm not going to take a stand on Group 6. I'm just going to let that kind of come to me. Um, I, I probably won't bet that group. Rory McIlroy leads Group 11. Again, I'm not betting. I would rather bet Rory to win. Then to get out of his group at plus 130, I have already bet Lonto Griffin at plus 400 to get out of this group. Cam Smith and Ian Poulter round that one out. 14 is a huge question mark I'm probably not going to touch. Um, Berger, English, Todd, Eric von Ruin. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I really don't know about these guys. I'm, I'm not going to touch any of it. No, I, I'm not going to bet a guy who withdrew with a rib injury last week, had an MRI last week. Harris English hasn't been good. I like Todd's putter, but he's 0 for 3 in match play. Um, not not for me. And then group 3, if I had to bet one of these guys, it would be Munoz. Uh, the, the worst odds at plus 450 to come out of this group. I can't bet Rom to win his group at plus 110. Um, I, 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 as much as I love Palmer, I'm not interested. But Munoz is, again, very, very streaky. Remember what he did at, I want to say it was the Northern Trust? Birdied his, eight, his first 8 holes of the day? 
Obviously, he's not going to do that every time, but there are certain guys who can do that, and there are certain guys who cannot do that. And Sebastian Munoz is absolutely a streaky-type golfer that, hey, get hot for a couple of days, a couple holes in a row, steal a couple of matches, have a match, and, and you've moved on. So at plus 450, which is some of the longest odds that we're getting to get out of the group, I don't think that's all that terrible. All right, for the one and done, so let's talk one and done. Um, in the run good one and done, there was actually someone who had Matt Jones last week. One pick for Matt Jones in the run good one and done. Toker Nick 88 gets the full 1.2 million. Congratulations, Toker Nick. That was the completion of segment two, which Graybow 23 won. Uh, so segment two is now complete. This is the first event of segment three. So I'll update the standings after this event, of course. Uh, overall, Chappy Chaps in the lead. I believe back in the lead. I can't remember if he had it last week or not. Uh, Caster Joshua is in second. Na Nash the Flash, Ugri, and Graybo round out the top five. Here I am lurking in 16th. I'm coming for you, boys. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's for their standings. But let's go back to the bracket here because this is a really interesting situation that we have on our hands. We've got a WGC, which has $1.8 million for the winner. So it's a massive field or a massive prize pool. It is a small field, 64 golfers, but it's the most volatile of the WGCs. So what do we do? Um, I'm trying to get a second tier star. I don't think you can risk using your big name players here because it is just too volatile for historically. They've not gotten out of the group at a, at a good enough rate. So I really don't want to burn... Bryson, Rom, JT, DJ, and get nothing in return for that. Um, so I'm looking at kind of the next set of golfers. I think Patrick Reed, if you haven't used him, is in a really good spot here. We we the, the well documented match play record. He's already got two WGCs on the resume. Uh, he's the favorite to get out of his group. Um, his his path is okay. It's not great. It's okay. Um, I I don't mind that at all. He's a big game hunter. So like I would. Probably circle Patrick Reed as my top guy for one and done this week. Outside of that, um, Paul Casey's kind of interesting. If you haven't used Paul Casey yet, again, he's a favorite to come out of his group. That's kind of what I'm focusing on, right? Favorites to get out of the group. If you get out of the group, you get the pay bump. You, you have a chance to move on. Uh, so so Casey's the favorite to come out of his group. Not someone, maybe outside of Valspar, I would I would have saved for, for somewhere else. But um, he's played well in match play before. I, I would be fine with that. I also might just go with Matthew Fitzpatrick here. I think Group 15 is really intriguing, uh, but Fitz, you know, I, I got to tip the cap to him. He's been awesome. Uh, the other thing is you could just try to target a really soft group. Like I think 12, I think group 12 is probably the softest or the one that doesn't have the most obvious answer. So like, would I play Will Zalatoris? Maybe. Would I play Jason Kokrak? Maybe. I actually don't even mind Dylan Fratelli this week, but um, like maybe I just pick Jason Kokrak and say, have at it, young man, go as far as you can. And if I burn you and you get me, I mean, you still get the minimum payout, right? So you're going to get, uh, I don't know what it is, $64,000 or something like that. You're going to get that anyway. Maybe I say I got $64,000 from Jason Kograk and I'm happy with it. I, I, I don't know. So um, it depends on what your situation is. I probably rank them Reed, Casey, Fitz, Kokrak, maybe Zalatoris, which is kind of weird because they're in the same group, but the, the process is still the same. So uh, let me know. Let me know. I'm very curious to see what you guys are going to do this week because uh, it is uh, an incredibly interesting situation. So tweet me at Rick Rungood or leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.